Welcome to Dr. Jeffrey Wells Looking Good and Feeling Great podcast, live from Las Vegas, with his co-host, Daryl Craig Harris. Hello, hello, this is Dr. Jeffrey Roth, your board-certified plastic surgeon in Las Vegas, Nevada, and we're back at it again. Yeah, and you actually have a little son. Tell us where you, you just went to Mexico. Uh, I, I did, and uh, it was terrific. Uh, a shout out to Cabo San Lucas. Not the crazy part, but the... the <laughs> part where old guys like me kind of hang out and uh, I used to be the guy that uh, would make fun of the guy under the umbrella now I am the guy underneath the umbrella <laughs> and uh, I thought it was safe we had this little cabana thing going on and stuff like that and uh, uh, and I got uh, got home and I wasn't so safe so I got a little bit of sun on the, on my forehead which keeps creeping back uh, and a little bit on like my kneecaps of all things so, well, so you can really... make use of your awesome new sun I, I did <laughs> so uh, that's and then I exactly did that and then the next the next few days I, I had no problem because yeah I used my own you know, physician heal thyself. Yeah. I use my right. own sunscreen and shameless, things. shameless plug moment. Shameless <laughs> plug. Yeah, we, we didn't even get thirty seconds into it when we were with the same shameless plug. Wow. So yeah, but having said that, is is yeah, no, no, no. The sun, uh, the sun is not your friend uh, anymore. Please use sunscreen, and if you want to really good sunscreen uh we we have that for you so yeah that's awesome um today we're going to talk about um complications with breast implants and i was going to try to pronounce the words but i'll let you do that because you're uh, the professional so there's a that's <laughs> that's right yeah we had to say latin at some exactly. point uh so no actually i was thinking today uh there's a few things that can go uh, sideways with any sort of um uh, surgical procedure. I was going to talk a little bit this time out with uh, with capsular contracture because we get a lot of uh, calls and people coming in about that, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So okay, so we're talking um, uh, breast augmentation, which obviously is very popular here in Las Vegas, and Las Vegas has always been a big breast town. Uh, pun, so, no, no pun intended. Pun, pun completely intended. <laughs> uh, as far as uh, that goes. And, and so it's usually... It's part of the look. And part it, of the it, look is, yeah. it is. It is the glitz and glamour that is Las Vegas. And, and we don't deny that. And oftentimes, it's, uh, it can be the currency of some of these gals and the red carpet gals uh, and uh, the bottle service gals and all that sort of thing. Uh, so, but yeah, Las Vegas uh, is always there with uh, LA, New York, Miami, Dallas as your top five. And we know that because the ma- implant manufacturers tell us that because they keep tabs on how many sure, uh, they they sell to um, supply surgeons? Um, so uh, basically, is is usually things go really really well with breast augmentation. There's like about a ninety eight percent happiness uh, rating, uh, which is kind of like unheard of with a uh, yeah, especially in surgery. Yeah, with yeah, a surgical elective surgery and that kind of thing. yeah, with a surgical procedure and, and that sort of things. And uh, and again, not to get into the Vegas craziness so much, but but oftentimes with the uh, servers, uh, they'll say, oh, it's the best return on investment I ever did right. uh, because their tips go up uh, twice as much, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a strange phenomenon, but yes, it's a phenomenon. Yeah, and you have also have the – we talked about that the other day, actually. You have the thing where people have you know body image issues. There's a lot of reasons why people get – Surgery, breast Ab- augmentation, right? Absolutely. Uh, folks that are a size 8 in the hips and a size 4 in the top, and they just want to wear a dress off the rack. Sure. Uh, or they don't want to wear the chicken cutlets all the time. Or they've had two or three kids and kind of want things back where they used to be. So mm-hmm. so there's a lot of um, reasons for that. And, um, you know, sure, we do uh, people that you would know, and we do uh, red carpet girls, and we do uh, the bottle service girls and entertainers and all that. But, uh, but then we do a lot of the soccer moms, and we sure. do also do a lot of... 
uh, other physicians. Yeah, because everybody cares about their body image. Yes, Uh, and especially in this day and age where we're all on camera uh, nowadays. And uh, even if you're not on social media, you're you're on camera in other places. Zoom meetings. All of it, yeah. Yeah. So uh, so having said that, people are much, I think, more conscious now than they they have been. So having said that, yeah, it's it's a procedure. We like doing it. Uh, People like getting it. It's usually a, a real good procedure. But it's part of our mission, if you will, to tell you the good parts and the bad parts. And so that way, right. one, there's no surprises. And then two is, is you can make an informed decision that's mm-hmm. good for you. So when you do breast implants, there's an actual, an actual, your body basically builds a capsule around the implant. Right? Exactly right. So anything you put into the body, uh, anything that man, humankind puts in the body, we can't make it as good as God can make it, right? So step one. Um, so whether it's uh, breast uh, implant uh, devices or defibrillators or chemotherapy ports, whatever we put in, the body's going to wall it off a little bit and say, hey, that's it's not a me. protective. Exactly. Thing. I'm going to go ahead and wall that off. And it walls it off with this thing called capsule, which is a collection of cells uh, that kind of walls it off. And usually capsules are nice and uh, soft uh, and happy, etc., uh, etc. Et but sometimes uh, capsules will go ahead and uh, harden up and uh, kind of contract themselves up a little bit. So mm-hmm. you hear capsular contracture or CapCon uh, or uh, capsular scarring, and so those are right. the kind of terms that we uh, that we we. And the term scarring, of course, scares scares people. But actually, right. in that situation, it's sort of a natural. Well, right. So yeah. So usually, capsule the capsule's fine, and then when you start going ahead and getting contracture, then yes, you can call it capsular scarring because that's what scars do is they contract. Right. And when we're in the burn unit, we really fight against scar all the time because you don't want to have contractions, especially around joints. Uh, right, limits be, mobility. Limits mobility of hands yeah. or shoulders or necks or any of that kind of stuff. And so I thought it was always appropriate, and it's kind of an inside joke uh, to um, plastic surgeons, especially and surgeons in general, is that one of the biggest Disney uh, villains of all time was this cat named Scar. Right. Uh, <laughs> so we we we, we thought it's the that evil Scar. We right. evil Scar. So Scar has been a villain in my right. life for well, years. Well, that, and that's years. I mean, even when you do these these kinds of surgeries, not only breasts but all every kind of um, cosmetic surgery, scarring is always. Right. A big part of the discussion. Right? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Whenever you go ahead and make an incision through the dermis, by definition, you're going to create a scar. Okay. So that's the way that um, the humans go ahead and heal up. Now, there are some very, very smart people at uh, UCSF and at Stanford and, and, and NYU, other places uh, that are trying to do scarless wound healing. Mm. And they actually, this is kind of old data, but uh, last time I checked in with a few of those folks uh, up there on the peninsula in the city in in San Francisco, they actually were able to uh, do uh, wound, uh, scarless wound healing in fetal sheep. Interesting. So how that came to pass is basically is a, a sh- fetus sheep is, is similar to um, the humans in that regard. And the reason why they're using um, fetal sheep is because of cleft lips and palates. Oh, okay. So what they're trying to do is be able, be able to operate uh, while um, the, um, the baby sheep is actually in the mom's womb. So you go ahead and you sew it all up together and they get born without a cleft lip and a cleft palate, right. which is wild, one, and then two, no scarring as well. And so that's kind of how far we've gone as far as that goes. And they don't know if it's the milieu of the mom's womb or... So, so right, what bio- helps the healing process. Right. So, the, so whether it's... Is it a sterile environment? Is it... So what causes all that? And then, of course, how to um, apply that to humans. Right. Uh, and then humans that are outside the womb is obviously two next big steps. But yeah, they, they have been able, from what I've read and talked to the guys... 
and gals is achieve uh, scarless wound healing if you're a a, 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 a fetus uh, in yeah. your uh, so with, with the capsular uh, contraction. What what happens when that happens, and what, yeah. what what issues does that cause? So yeah, so basically there's a scale, right? There's a scale of everything, right? So there's one, two, three, four. Doctor Baker came up with it. So four is kind of r- like a rock, really hard as mm-hmm. a rock. Three is a little less so hard, but not really like a rock. Two is well, it's a little bit harder. One's like well, it's not exactly um, perfect, but it's or maybe a little, one side's hard, a, a one little side harder. Hard. That happens all the time. Yeah. So sometimes you get both of them in that are that are harder. One will be a four, one will be a two. So uh, so first of all, is a diagnosis is okay. Is it harder or not? Okay, so that's that's step one. Step two is, you know, how hard is it? Uh, so what's the Baker classification on it? Okay, mm-hmm. fours basically all go to surgery, right? Because they're just rocks and you know. sure. uh, ones, two, threes. Oftentimes you can go ahead and try some conservative methods, and by that I mean um, massage is always a good. Um, there is a breast physical therapy place uh, here in Las Vegas that we like, and that can mm-hmm. be helpful. Um, does that sort of loosen up the tissue a little bit? Yes, it can. can. Yeah. Or sometimes they have spasm on top of that, so sometimes they can get you out of spasm. Right. Pectoralis major muscles. So, so that's one thing uh, to do. Sometimes we can do uh, things uh, medically, which means uh, singular. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was first accolade, and now singular. What singular is is, is and many of you are listening at home, is it's an asthma drug. Oh, okay. And uh, what they found, it was kind of an interesting story, is told to me, was is there was a pulmonologist, allergist, I can't remember, but uh, he was giving out a singularity to his patients. Hmm. And some of the gals that had breast talk says, you know what, by the way, my breasts are softer. And he's like, what? Oh, so he went across the yeah. hallway to his plastic surgery friend. I was like, does this make any sense? So... With that, it was interesting because that gets into the etiology of, well, why? How does this happen, right? Sure. Yeah. So the incidence is between 17 and 27% of folks will get some sort of uh, of capsular scar or capsular contraction. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the next thing is, is, okay, well, why? Nobody has a real 100% why for this. Mm-hmm. So it could be we, immune system. It could be a lot of different things. It could be a few things, right? Yeah. It could be blood in the pocket. Uh, smokers tend to have a much, much higher rate of capsular scarring, capsular contracture. Right. Um, and they, have, they have blood flow issues. And yes, yeah, all of it. Smoking's evil, so if you're smoking, please, yes, please stop. Stop doing that. <laughs> please stop. Yeah. Um, throw the cigarettes out the car window now. <laughs> okay, good. So I'll get letters on that. Um, emails. So... So that's that's all where uh, where where that is, um, and then so the singular. So basically, again, it gets into the, the, uh, the etiology mm-hmm. of what makes the stuff, and some of this is they think it's biofilm. Now, what's biofilm? Biofilm is is when you go ahead and you put an object into the body. Right there may be a couple of bacteria floating around, so as sterile as you can be, etc. A couple of bacteria. Right. So and then you kill the bacteria off with antibiotics. Not a big deal. But sometimes the bacteria will go ahead and make this biofilm, which is kind of like the house they live in, and so that has been. Imp- Implicated in the capsules that come out because this is the bane of plastic surgeons' existence when it comes to breast augmentation mm, yeah. is capsular contracture, right? So if we can go ahead and cure or prevent this, boy, that'd be great. And right. so, so, so that's one thing is the biofilm. That's why we go crazy with the antibiotics. That's why. I, as, as sterile of an environment as possible. Absolutely. And yeah. I am a little more nutty, as you can imagine this is i actually <laughs> I lock my yeah, you were thinking it uh i actually lock the door to my or so people don't walk in and walk out of yeah, my uh because well, so, yeah. there was a study i I, uh, I i think in the netherlands um that they actually 
counted how many times the door opened and closed, and then mm-hmm. they saw a correlation with uh, infection, etc. It's actually funny because, as, as just as a layperson, not a surgeon, obviously, like it's uh, it's funny to think of somebody coming in and out of the right. door. When you're doing surgery. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, a nurse will come in, a nurse will come out. So, it, yeah, you know, it's tech. Sense. But having said that, yeah, I, I lock my, I put up a sign to block my door. They think I'm nuts, there, but that's fine. <laughs> so the nurses tolerate me. Um, so yeah, so so we do all that now. Uh, to go ahead and try to prevent all of this uh, stuff as well. And in prevention, of course, would it be, you know, massage and, 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 and all that. But mm-hmm. but getting back to, okay, so now we've set everything up for uh, for success and hopefully not have a biofilm and hopefully all that. Now, why does Singulair work, right? So in the capsule itself, there are all sorts of different cells, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the cells that hangs out in the capsule is called a myofibroblast. Myo meaning muscle, right? So this myofibroblast sometimes will go ahead and contract a little bit. I mean, we're talking micro, right? right. A little bit. So the singular uh, works because the same receptors that cause bronchoconstriction mm-hmm. uh, also cause these myofibroblasts to constrict as well. Oh, interesting. So if you can block yeah. those with, if you think about it, if you block those with a singular, get things to open up in the bronchial system, you go ahead and you uh, hit these same receptors with a myofibroblast, and so sometimes you can get things to mm-hmm. uh, to be a little bit softer. Right. So, But again, a conservative approach, meaning... Um, Medicine, a massage, et cetera, et cetera, uh, sometimes can get people by. Also, some folks like ultrasound uh, to the breast, uh, you have some conflicting reports with that as yeah. well. So how, how, like how would that work? What was the, what's the concept behind that's, that? Well, that, that's a good question. That's where you get a little bit of fuzzy in the um, – uh, a little experimental. In the, yeah, a little fuzzy in the literature as to exact mechanism. They think they may realign uh, the cells, et cetera, et cetera. So, and we've had a couple, uh, I don't have it in my office, but there's a few folks in town that do, and I don't hesitate to, to send folks over there. And we've had a couple folks with uh, with success from that. And again, it's hard to argue with success. I mean, really, too, if you can avoid having to go back in. Right. Well, that's the thing. So, and again, like any surgery, reoperating surgery is usually no fun uh, because it's usually, there's scar there. You don't see every... Um, Every plane the way you want to, and et cetera. And, and life, it's usually, life happens, things happen. Right. And it's usually a surprise, and people don't like surprises, especially after surgeries, et cetera. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, it's something that we all, from a surgery standpoint and from a patient standpoint, that we want to avoid. Um, so those are the sort of the things that we see with caps or scarring. Is, is one is, <clears throat> one, can we, you know, can we can prevent it? Uh, and take all the steps we can. If we do uh, wind up getting it, again, what's the diagnosis? Uh, you know, how bad is it? And uh, then, again, how can we treat it? Can we treat it conservatively? Mm-hmm. And if not, now do we have to go back to the operating room? Okay. Right. So if we go ahead and we say, all right, we've tried everything, et cetera, et cetera, but boy, they're still hard. Time to go back to the operating room. Now, sometimes we have patients, and it it um, is always a bit of a surprise, but not really, because you live in here in Las Vegas. And some folks have had uh, breast implants in since the 80s. Uh, well, and we, and we spoke about that, and people like don't realize that actually those do need to be replaced. Yeah. So again, getting back to the you know man can't make it as God uh, as God can is right. at some point when you put something in the body, it usually has to get backed out. Uh, my orthopedic friends will tell me you know plates and screws you know have mm-hmm. to come back sure. out. Defibrillators usually have to get switched out. So at some point. Uh, usually you know, things get have to get switched out. Um, what's the, what's the time frame on that? Like, I, I mean, a lot of people do know that, but a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. So the old 
the school thought of that was is you got to replace the uh, implants every 10 years. Uh, that's mm-hmm. not exactly true anymore. Now, that used to be true in the 80s and 90s where uh, you had the old, old silicone implants that had a leak rate of 50% at 10 Ish. years. Yes. So you had a 50-50 shot at 10 years. So that's why I take them out. Nowadays, that leak rate is down between 5 and 10% depending on who you read, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Uh, the implants are better. It's the cohesive gel or gummy bear implant. Doctors are better. That we, that we, I, I like to hope so. Uh, <laughs> Although I'll never be as I'll, I'll go on record I'll never be as good as the guys who train me. Well, yeah, hundred percent. But also that also comes back to the board certified aspect. Yes. Right? So so yeah. No, I, I got trained by some giants and and they made a mistake and let me in and actually let me in. and and, and every day true. and every day I try to emulate these guys and yeah. I, I do and I and I say okay well what, what would Dr. Mathis do what would Dr. Hoffman right. do what would uh, Dr. Randy Sherman do and okay I'll do that and those are actually globally known. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So and just. You know they're 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 spectacular surgeons and also they're the spectacular people. I, I got really lucky, yeah. Uh, as far as that goes, um, now I, I've ran into a couple of surgeons who trained me who are, who are spectacular surgeons and um, bedside manner can be a little lacking, but. <laughs> Those yeah. are the old, old school, old, old, old school guys. But, yeah. but having said that, is is, uh, but but you learn where you learn, sure, and uh, and that and that kind of well, thing. Well, you know, and the thing is, you know, we we talked about that too. Like, you know, you want you want the best surgeon. It's not about a personality thing so much. Ideally, of course, they're great. Ideally, and you get along, and but you definitely want the board certified person who has lots of experience. I mean, that is sure. the goal. Right? Yeah. So that's 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 kind of the the, the gold standard for sure. Uh, so if we have to go back to the operating room, uh, basically, all right. So well, now. What are you going to do, Doc? So one is typically you would take out the old implants, okay, uh, and then do what's called either a capsulotomy or a capsulectomy. Uh, okay. okay. So a capsulotomy, otomy means make a hole in it, basically, right? Uh, and capsulectomy means take it out, hmm. okay, ectomy. So appendectomy, pancreatectomy, ectomy, right? Take it out. Okay. Yeah. Again, getting back to my <laughs> Greek and Latin. Oh. Well, that's, you know, that's actually because uh, we, we, we always hear those terms just as normal people. Right. But it's nice that when you actually explain it, I think that's one of the great things about this show is that you can explain common terms. There's really no dumb questions. Oh, yeah. I'm, no, the, I'm the dumb question guy. So, yeah, so, <laughs> so, no, so no. no, there is no doubt. And, and yeah. I say that all the time. I will never be offended by a question. Right. So yeah. because, so. again, if, you know, I, you know I, I'm, I'm not a plumber. Shout out to the plumbers and everything else like that. But that's their line of work. And they go to the plumbers meetings. They go to the plumbers conventions. And, they, right. and, and the people that they like. They learn their craft. And they, yeah, right. The people that, that like their craft uh, are better at it because, again, they're. They're reading the technical journals or they're talking to other guys about sure. what's the latest thing. And again, everything's come a long way. I just had to go ahead and get toilets fixed at the house. Now we're on toilets uh, <laughs> fixed at the house. I don't know how we're going to index this. Um, we'll figure it out. Uh, but uh, very long story short, uh, this uh, guy came that if one of the major hotels here can't figure out their toilet, they call him. So he's mm-hmm. like the super yeah. – Duper guy, and he basically went ahead and took this very long thing. It looked like a very long colonoscope, and went ahead and put it down there. So, oh, here's the problem. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's again applying medical uh, technology right. to plumbing. Um, and so again, those are, these are guys that have embraced technology and and, mm-hmm. and worked for it, etc. So, well, and it's nice to know that that keeps moving forward. 
Right. And there's always new and there's new new procedures and ways of doing old procedures, right? Yes. That's oh yeah. And and again, the microsurgeons are are, are going by leaps and bounds. Uh, the general surgeons also they can go through one port in your belly button and do these big surgeries. Mm-hmm. It, it astounds me how far all that stuff is 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 going from whence uh, I originally started doing surgeries, right. et cetera, et cetera. So so getting back to capsulotomy versus capsulectomy, right? So otomy means makes it make a hole in it. So if you can, especially in these gals, especially here in Vegas, they're very fit, they're very thin, and so you want to keep as much uh, soft tissue as you can inside. Right. So if you can make uh, holes in it, by holes I mean kind of these um, incisions, these kind of linear incisions to kind of free up things and kind of expand so it out like as a, natural as possible, right? As, and and to, to expand it out like an accordion. Gee, that's great. Okay, and then you wash the heck out of everything, and then and then put a implant in back, etc. So that's the capsule otomy part, capsulectomy. And so sometimes you have to do the ectomy. You have to take it out if it's really socked in. Some folks have this calcification, like an eggshell calcification, and these are usually my old old school Vegas. Um, Models or showgirls that have had silicone implants Since in for the 70s 30, or 80, right, right? For 80s, 30. and that you know that they've been leaking for decades, right. and so you get into that, and then that's okay. Well, that's a whole different story, yeah. and so that obviously has to come out, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, so yeah, so that's that's. Do you find when, when they when people in that situation when they have them take them out, do they often often want them replaced or what? Yes, actually, that's a great question because if you asked me that question ten years ago, I'd mm-hmm. say it was ninety nine point nine percent. Nowadays, there's a significant portion of those folks that either opting for smaller okay like 25 they're not really working in that right so the professions anymore right exactly right so they're like oh these were great i had them blah, blah, blah. i was in you know jubilee i was in lido sure. i said but enough already i'm like okay and so but and for those gals one is is they don't want to completely change their uh, their dresses and their wardrobe and all that kind sure. of stuff. One, and then two is they've been they've been having they've been busty for so long is to go completely kind of flat. They're yeah, like, so they want uh, to try to find uh, a middle right. ground. I want some upper fullness. Now, having said that, there are some folks that say, okay, doc, they were great while they lasted. Enough already. Um, I want them all out mm-hmm. uh, and go ahead and do that. And uh, then you talk about, all right, do you need to do a lift, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera, because sometimes you've been stretched out for so long over the years, and you wanted to lift right. things up and make them look perky. Yeah, because it's not just as easy as just taking them out. I mean, if they right. want a good, reasonable look. And, right. Yeah. So again, everybody's different. So some folks that just you know did a small implant, sure, they can get away with them taking them out and kind of seeing how the mm-hmm. tissue uh, retracts back. Sure. Um, some of folks, um, actually, what's, what can be really interesting sometimes is folks with uh, old school saline implants and they want to downsize um, – some folks, and you really have to trust your patient, it was will go ahead and on purpose deflate the implants. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Sterily, of course. Don't, yeah, don't do this. Kids don't try this at home. <laughs> uh, and yet, it's certainly not silicone. Yeah. Um, Please, That's another please, uh, but then downsize them, and you you do get some uh, shrinkage of uh, the soft tissue, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of interesting. But you one, you got to really t- trust the patient, and two, you got to have like a date of okay, at two months we're going to come, we're going to go yeah, back. Yeah, I mean, and a big part of that, that probably stuff. too is really explaining what this is going to look like after yeah. they take the implant out, like giving sure. them realistic, yeah, yeah. Uh, expectations. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and again, everybody's different. I mean, we, yes, on our on our um, uh, website. 
uh, www.jjrothmd.com, we have befores and afters. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and more and more people are coming in, so we're going to have more and more befores and afters uh, on there. But having said that, is usually with the lifts afterward, we usually make them look pretty nice. Right. So you know, different, you know, but nice. So capsulectomy, with a capsulectomy, oftentimes you'll have kind of this raw surface. And so sometimes we'll go ahead and put drains in, um, and they usually come out in a week or, or so. Right. It, not for blood, but basically for the stuff called serum, which we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. The serum is basically the same fluid that you see in a blister. Uh, that right, kind of it's thing. your body kind of ran. Right, because you, you've, you've come up with some raw cells, and they'll kind of leak that fluid in there. And then usually that'll, that'll come out. So that's, that's kind of the long and short of... Uh, capsular scarring, capsular contracture. How did now? The other thing to do is is let's is is pockets, right? So, if somebody is on top of the muscle, remember we're making a pocket in the breast. So you can put the pocket either on top of the muscle or underneath the muscle. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the pectoralis major muscle. So some folks that have had a big capsular contracture, and once you've had a capsular con- scar or capsular contracture, yes, you're more apt to have it. Mm-hmm. So some folks' philosophy will, will be, oh, let's get divergent tissue. So if you're on top of the muscle, hey, let's switch it to underneath the muscle. Right, just try a different path. S- right, yeah. so that's interesting, so, and, and we've done that. Some folks uh, talk about texturing of the implant as a way to decrease capsular contracture, and I think that used mm-hmm. to be true before, but... In my readings, if you take the implant and put them underneath the muscle, that advantage goes away hmm. of textured versus non-textured. Um, when you and, say textured implant, how, how would you do that? What's the process? Yeah, so they, they come out of the box. They're either smooth uh, or textured. Okay. So which gets us into so it's almost like the frosted glass. Exactly kind of right, and so some have more aggressive texturing than less. And in in my hands, what I've seen is is some of the texturing will also uh, cause some more seromas, et cetera, et cetera. So I wasn't ever a big fan of the textured. Mm-hmm. And now textured has been implicated in some forms of ALCL, et cetera, et cetera. So thankfully, I think I've, I think I've sidestepped a lot that of that issue, right? with okay. the, the, the smooth uh, implant. So, but having said that, so there's the choice of implants, there's choice of pocket. The other thing is, is like, you know, doc, I've been through this five times before. How can I best have my chances go the way I do. Mm-hmm. And there's this stuff now called a cellular dermal matrix or ADM. Okay, what's that? So ADM is basically dermis that comes off of the shelf, right? Which has always been the holy grail in uh, the burn units, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because the burn units, somebody comes in with a 50% burn, you don't want to take 50% of their skin to cover the 50% burn, right, they have a 100% right. wound, right? So in a perfect world, you would go ahead and, oh, let me get the skin off the shelf and you go to the shelf and you, and you put it on. So... So there's different types, et cetera, et cetera. But basically, acellular dermal matrix is basically dermis. Dermis, as you know, is the strength layer of the skin. That's where uh, tattoo ink goes, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, right? So now we're able to take this dermis and kind of put it on the skin uh, in the burn units. And then we've been using it, we plastic and reconstructive surgeons, have been using it more and more for breast reconstruction. Interesting. And yeah. now we're using it for breast redo-redos, right? Because mm-hmm. we're almost at a reconstructive point with some of these right. patients. Because every time you go in, it creates some more scar tissue. Right. So, yeah. so, so you know, you're training a scar for scar. So, mm-hmm. so, so what this does is if you go ahead and you say, all right, we're going to make ourselves a new pocket and I'm going to go ahead and put this uh, stuff in this acetyl dermal matrix. Why would you use that? Well, a couple reasons. One is, is it adds a little bit of uh, thick. We're talking millimeters, but it ta- uh, but thickness, hmm. which may be very helpful in those folks that are really really skinny, okay, and don't hmm. have a lot of fat. The gals that work out a ton, etc. Right, uh, and you, know, you can see rippling. So it's, it's so yeah, especially rippling is a big issue with that. Right? Reels is a big yeah. issue too. Yeah, and there are some girls that are just so 
darn thin you can like read the lot number, you know, through the skin. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Right? But having said that, so you go ahead and you put that in. So one, that's good for rippling and good for real skinny sure. girls. But two is the capsule is not supposed to be able to crawl over mm. this acellular dermal matrix. Oh, interesting. So yeah. for those folks that, for whatever reason, have a propensity to do that, you can put the stuff in there, and so that usually will go ahead and keep them uh, keep them mm. soft. Uh, the downside: it's a little bit more expensive than the average bear. I mean, if it was twenty five bucks um, a sheet, I'd use it every every day, but right. it's a bit more than that. So yeah. then, then you have to have a real conversation with the patient. Yeah. Somebody, maybe it's for somebody who's more high risk at having those yes, issues. Yes, uh, pluses yeah. and pluses and minuses. That's why right. we plasticians don't do it in every single case. Well, like Doc, mm. if you know, won't well, we prevent it? Well, you go out. It's kind of the cost. Yeah. So, but having said that, hopefully as time goes on, the cost will go down or there'll be competitors in that space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then hopefully we'll be able to go ahead that's and still make kind that of cutting edge, right? Or available. That. Yeah, you know, again, if you asked me five years ago, I'd say yes, but now it's getting to be more and more contemplated. Mm-hmm. And we've been using the same sort of things for abdominal wall reconstruction. Right. Before, we used the stuff called proline, which was great for what it was. But sometimes it would be, you'd have some edges or corners, or sometimes it'd be a little firmer. Now we've gone to more biologics, meaning stuff right. that so would it's, eventually it's actually fade better, away. Less complications. Yeah. And, so a little, yeah. and some of this stuff is a stratus uh, for a little while, and then it eventually will go ahead and fade away. Mm. So there's a few. Um, there's there's a few products out there that do just that, which are really good for those folks. Again, really skinny folks that. Uh, that do big implants uh, and the implants start sliding down the chest wall. Well, sure. sometimes the tissue just isn't going to hold up for that. So sometimes you put in this bio mesh, if you want to call it, uh, to go ahead and use it as a shelf or a buttress, okay. uh, so it doesn't quite slide. So as almost well like as I'm not really like to. an internal bra, but something like that. Yes. support. Right? some people call that uh, yeah. call it that. Okay. So so. You've been on the web. You've been looking. Hey, at I watch. Things. I watch Bosch. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, yeah, you're an expert. So uh, absolutely. Uh, so, but having but having said that, yeah. So there, so there are new modalities, and there's more stuff coming out all the time for this thing because it's an issue, and yeah. and so there's an it's issue. Nice. It's great that need, there's so many it. options. I mean, I remember we we talked about that briefly, but my mother had breast implants in the 70s, and she had leaking. She had all, basically every problem you could think of, right. reconstruction. So it's like, it's so nice that that has progressed to where we yes. are now. Yes, the, 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 the folks that are doing the reconstructive now are, are just doing phenomenal work. They're, yeah. they're using the acylodermal matrix in ways that would have been sacrilegious. Uh, they would have been on <laughs> an automatic fail uh, to go ahead and have right. somebody go through um, a breast cancer and a mastectomy and, yeah. and trying to make them whole again. And we used to have to go ahead and lift up a whole bunch of um, muscle and swing muscles around and flaps and stuff. And, and sometimes yeah. we still do. But oftentimes folks now are putting a, an implant underneath this acelloderma matrix on top of the muscle, which again would be an automatic fail when, mm-hmm. I, was, uh, uh, when I was taking my boards. But they're doing it, and they're getting good results, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so, again, it's, it's pushing the envelope. And then some folks are actually doing free tissue transfer, meaning they're taking tissue from one area right. and plugging it in uh, to the other area, making breast out of it, et cetera, et cetera. Angelina Jolie, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Uh, Which is, in a lot of ways, is a phenom- more natural option. Yeah. So, again, it, you have to make it fit the patient. Uh, and, you know, are you a candidate for it? Mm-hmm. What does your body habitus look like? Um, and, and see really kind of what fits you so. have you dealt with a lot of um, breast reconstruction from cancer that kind of thing is that part of what you do sure no we're tra- it's it's funny because in um, general surgery where I was for seven years is yeah we did lumpectomies and we did uh, 
Um, You're doing everything. And uh, mastectomies and and all that stuff. And then as a plastic and reconstructive surgeon, you're reconstructing uh, reconstructing that. Mm -hmm. So not only are you making the holes, you're filling the holes uh, as as, as far as that goes. And that's life-changing for people. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, the diagnosis itself is life-changing. Of course. And and when you're you're in the the room and you have to give this diagnosis, oh, by the way, you have cancer. Right. After the word cancer, they're, they're, they're out. Okay, they're not listening to anything else you're saying, and you have to realize that. Yeah. Um, and then again, shepherd them through this process. And we, medicine, is doing a much, much better, I think, job of that. The other thing is, is also making people aware that there are reconstructive options. Yeah, because it's not just the, the cancer diagnosis, which obviously can be devastating, but then it's also when you get past all that, hopefully right. you do. And you get on the other side of it, you want to be able to offer them a positive option of reconstruction. Absolutely. And we talk yeah. about immediate reconstructive versus delayed reconstruction. And actually, there's a law in uh, New York that if you give a diagnosis, um, I forget the diagnosis or tr- what the trigger is, diagnosis or actually schedule a mastectomy, you have to go ahead and give them information on reconstruction. Oh, that's because great. Because a large percentage of folks, and especially in the underserved uh, right. communities, the black and brown communities, they, they did not... No, that, that. What do you mean? I can get fixed? What do right. you mean? So, and yeah. here's one for you. And we we in Nevada were uh, one of the first to go ahead and mandate that insurance has to pay for reconstruction. That's great. One, yeah. and they have to pay for the other side hmm. because one the insurance. Oh well, we'll pay for this. Because well, you really that. need to do the whole journey. You can't just do part right. of the journey, right? Right. So having said that, one, I think that that more people know about it. Thank goodness. Two, that insurance companies now will go ahead and pay for it. Uh, and again, make these people whole. And when I used to do that when I came back to town. It was very, very rewarding. It was really spectacular. Yeah. Um, the impact you want to you give them up. You want to give them light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, yeah. exactly right. I mean, they had it you know, bad enough, obviously, with what yeah. they had to go through. But to go ahead and give them some reconstructive options and give them some hope, uh, that's that's always a really cool thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, as I mean, obviously, I mean, as men, it's hard for us to really completely relate to that. But for women, obviously, breasts and, and I mean, every part of your body um, is a really important part of who you are. And- right. But it's an emotionally laden uh, part for sure and yeah. forever. And uh, parenthetically is, is uh, men get breast cancer too. Mm-hmm. And about True. one in 100 uh, will go ahead and do that. Now, they typically don't need as much reconstructive option per se, uh, but still you go ahead and you have that conversation yeah. uh, as well. So, um, if, if a woman has a concern about they might have that issue with the contracture, like what would be the first thing they could maybe kind of look for if they have a concern? Sure. I mean, obviously you need to get a, get, need to get it checked out. Sure. But if they're just at home and they're doing an exam, what, what should they be kind of looking for? Well, basically, are they as soft as they used to be? Uh, and things will change with breasts over time, et cetera, et cetera, of course. But, you know, um, and breast re- breast capsule contracture, it can occur earlier. It can even appear later, I mean, years later. Right. Uh, so, and, and sometimes it's secondary to trauma. For example, somebody will have a, a trauma and hit their breast and the capsule may go ahead and open up or lacerate Rupture, a little bit yeah. and you have a little bit of bleeding in there and that may be the night is to set off mm. caps or scarring yeah. and so and, and they may be micro trauma who knows yeah. but but by and large if there's a firmness if there's something that's uneven if whatever that is if there's a question go see the doc yeah and it, and it kind of relates to to the breast impact implant illness that we've talked about before that people have a lot of concern about that so like if you have issues like that where you feel like something doesn't feel right like please go see somebody professional right. absolutely yeah. and the other thing too the other thing too is is again trauma usually the implants hold up pretty well although you know so yes they can option in trauma stuff mm-hmm. capsule uh, capsule or even working out sometimes you can 
can go ahead and, and do that. We Another treatment, older treatment for capsular contracture was closed capsulotomy. And what that means is, and the older guys used to do this, is basically you just squeeze the heck out of it until you get the thing to crack. Oh. Okay, which is not really in, in vogue uh, <laughs> anymore. One. Try to explain that to a patient. <laughs> right, hey, this is what we're going to do. Yeah, so exactly. one, and then two is, so that that's step one, the, the crack thing. Two is, is some of these guys, they used to have actually instrumentation that looked like one big kind of nutcracker or actually come over like the size of, uh, you know, you have to cut off the lock in your junior high school, right? Because yeah. you have a combination, something like that. Say, excuse me, Mrs. Ouch. Jones, I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, and they come in with the, the, the room with some, yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. So that, thankfully, has kind of fallen out of favor. Yeah. Uh, and went, as, the way, went the way of the Middle Ages. As, <laughs> as again, we have, you know, and now we have Singulaire. Now we have some more right. conservative treatment. Better options. To, yeah. to, to do that sort of thing. Um, if people want to contact you to um, ask questions about this and actually any other um, plastic surgery, medical, um, how can they find you? Sure. They can find me on the, the web, which is uh, md.com uh we are all over uh, social media uh from uh, instagram to facebook uh to uh to uh, linkedin uh to twitter to uh all that kind of good all stuff the dot coms. all the dot com right so uh so by all means get us there or uh, we still use the phone uh so by all means go and go ahead and ring us up uh at the phone and we're gonna ha- we're happy to answer we love questions yeah. so we're happy to go ahead and answer questions and that phone number is 702 area code uh 450 0777. And um, so, yeah, if the, if you have a question, again, there's no penalty for questions. Uh, we'll, you know, we're, you know, never mad at a question. Uh, by all means, you know, give us a call. Let us know or an yeah, email. And also, if you if there's a subject that you'd like us to cover um, in the podcast, please let us know that too on social. We're happy to find new subjects to talk about. We have there's obviously things that are sort of in fashion and vogue, but then there's always new things that we that we may not be aware of. So, if you have concerns, let us know. Yep, absolutely. So, fabulous. Awesome. Well, um, enjoy your suntan. Well, th- thank you. Well, <laughs> fle- fleeting as it is, trust And I should me. say, actually, we were going to talk a little bit about this. Um, I, I kind of brought it up about the uh, vaccines. So, you actually have been vaccinated as a first frontline Yes. Doctor. Well, a, co- a couple things with that is I was the last of the first here, uh, meaning that I don't go to the hospitals so very much any- anymore. So, yeah. Right. So, basically, I made sure that everybody uh, in the hospital went before I did. Right. The guy pushing them up uh, because he's in the COVID rooms. I'm not. Exactly. Uh, the guy, you know, in the cafeteria, the guy, they're all important folks. So they all went first. And so I made sure that if everybody went first, then it, then I'd go. And then I got my stuff done and then was the second tier and the third tier and all sure. that. Stuff. So, yeah. So for me, um, I was uh, a bit hesitant at first, but the more research I did on it, the more that I talked to the doctors, it makes absolute perfect sense. And frankly, it's our way forward uh, right. to, to go ahead and, uh, uh, and, and do and this. And you're, intera- intera- you're interacting with patients. You're doing oh, all sure. That, so so we're always for everybody. Yeah, yeah, so we're always interacting with patients, and we're always there. And there was one plastic surgeon, actually, um, who uh, passed away in Beverly Hills. A patient coughed on him while I was doing Botox. And that's all uh, it took, and he wasn't vaccinated yet. And right. so, uh, yeah, a very, very, a very popular, successful guy. And uh, uh, yeah, it, it, this the, this virus doesn't uh, discriminate. 
sure. uh, old, yeah. young, uh, and, and, and different groups will get it worse. Did of you course. have a, did you have side effects? Because that seems to be a really common just, uh, so, concern. Uh, no, so did not have uh, side effects, and we can you know joke about all the different side effects that we can. It's, but right. but basically, you know, for me, it was like a I got the Pfizer, uh, and uh, it was a punch in the arm. It felt like a punch in the arm. Right. And then now a couple of my doctor friends, yes, they had fever twenty four hours later. Another right. guy felt really just for a day or so. Yeah, felt really tired uh, after the second dose uh, the day after um and so so yeah you're gonna get a little bit of that but um i, I you know the, the the downside of not having the vaccine in my opinion is death uh and yeah, especially and, and, if you're dealing with the public right and yeah. you're dealing with the public and uh i i've I, there are people in our community um that have had it uh and have wound up really uh, they're long haulers now or they're really messed up or they can't go to work or they've died and um, um and these are you know, terrific folks, and it's it's just an absolute shame. Right. And uh, so we're fortunate that we're able to now starting. I think I think pretty soon everybody's going to have the general public's going to have access. But I think it's good to talk about the side effects because there's a lot of people that do have concerns. Absolutely, and so, and, and not to any, we don't joke about it or take them uh, take them lightly. That's why they have you sit around for fifteen twenty minutes to make right. sure you don't have anaphylaxis. That's why um, you, know, you just kind of you know make sure. I mean, by all means, ask ask questions. It's okay to ask questions, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know let's get some you know science in front of it. Right. So and I would encourage everybody to um, look online. There's a lot of now. There's a lot of ways you can sign up to get that um actually even walmart.com pharmacy has that so please encourage everybody your friends and family to check that out i think it's important yes so yeah i think it's our our, our way forward to finally getting back to you know golden knights games and finally you know getting back uh, to the fun going life, yeah, yes yeah. and and getting back to frankly you know as uh, selfish as it may be is getting vegas back to being vegas because right. we love uh, people here in Vegas. This is what we do really it's well. All about people is yeah. hospitality and showing, making some memories. And they go back and they, oh, I had this great time in Vegas. And and and, uh, and that's that's what we've done best for a uh, hundred years. Yeah, so. awesome. Um, thanks so much, everybody, for joining us. And please find us again on social media. Find Dr. Roth at jjrothmd.com. And we look forward to seeing you next next time. Sounds good. See you guys soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. For further information, please visit the podcast website link for Dr. Jeffrey Roth. See you next time.